Good morning. Welcome to New Life. Please stand and worship with us. together. This Sunday is love. Let us read together Psalm 89. Your parts will be on the screen. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity.
be seated. Our offering this morning is for the Benevolent Fund. And the deacons use this fund to give compassion and help to people that are struggling. And this fall, they've been really busy because there's been a lot of people that are in need. And most recently, they've just finished coordinating the Christmas hampers that a lot of you helped out with. So if you were part of that, thank you. Um, during our next couple songs, this is your opportunity to either bring your offerings physically to the offering boxes in the front, or you can give online through the ways behind me on the screen. And let's pray for our offering. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us, and we thank you for the opportunity to give back. And I pray that you would bless this offering and um, the hands that deliver it, and use it for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. The kids are going to lead us in our next couple songs, so they're going to head in, and let's welcome them.
welcome. I'm glad you made it today. Uh, it's a bit of a blizzard out there and a lot of people braved bad conditions and snow to get here. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Another contingent of you just watched the World Cup game and pretended it was a blizzard when you showed up like three minutes ago. I saw you too. <laughs> You're all welcome here. Um, my name is Jake Kostelik. This is my son Liam, my daughter Eden, and uh, we are your hosts this morning. Uh, you may be wondering why we're all up here together. Um, I was told it was because this is a children's service today, but I have suspicions it's because there's concerns over my performance hosting. Either way, I'm glad they're up here with me. We're excited to host you on this last week before Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, that's next weekend. We invite you and we want you to invite your neighbors to a Christmas Eve service, candlelight service on Saturday, December 24th at 4.30 p.m. Come see the Christmas story told with shadows and light, sing familiar Christmas carols with candlelight, and hear about God's love. Then we'll join together on Christmas Day, Sunday, December 25th at 10 a.m. We are worshiping the newborn king by hearing again the great Christmas message of hope and joy. Letting kids in on the celebration with the children's message and singing familiar Christmas carols. We'll celebrate together and experience God's love this Christmas season. Of course, a warm welcome to everyone worshiping here today. We hope that you already, now you can begin to experience the joy and love of Jesus our Savior coming into our world and in our lives. And a special guest, let me try that again, a special welcome to our guests in person or online. Um, we're glad you're joining us. Our aim is to help you connect in community. So if you are a guest, you're invited to fill out a connect card. If you're here in person, should be available in the seat in front of you. Um, you can submit it or hand it in at the info booth or collection boxes near the exits at the back there. Um, if you're online, drop a comment sharing where you are and who you're with and a host will greet you and connect with you there. If you want to fill out a connect card and bring it to the info booth in the foyer, you will receive a new life gift bag. Contains, among other things, a pound of New Life Plundarian coffee. It's great stuff. You can taste some of it today after the service at the coffee booth in the foyer. To be honest, I find all coffee revolting. The idea of it makes me nauseous, and I can't believe anyone would drink any of it. <laughs> but hey, if you're a coffee person, allegedly this is very good coffee. <laughs> and up next, oh, well, this is a bit awkward. The missions teams will be selling the coffee on sale today. Two bags for $20. I really want us to support missions, so let's forget what I said about how disgusting coffee is, and let's buy lots of this stuff. <laughs> then, they have medium and dark roast, both whole beans and ground beans. Proceedings today will go towards a Christmas gift for the Colombo family, a refugee family that New Life is sponsoring to come to Canada. Make sure you visit the coffee booth in the foyer after the service. Every Sunday, we have a fellowship time so you can meet someone new and extend them the peace of Christ. And kids grades one to five can grab a coloring sheet at that time. Out of the treasure on the stage on my right, they will be joining us in the service today. Um, children ages three to five can go uh, through these doors with their parents downstairs to the little lights. Uh, New Life Kids services during the Christmas season are special, and we'd like to include children in them. Um, this is a really unique and memorable time, so it's something that we're really prioritizing and valuing here. Um, for the next, excuse me, two weeks, December 25th and January 1st, there won't be Kids Church or Little Lights. In the worship services of these Sundays, children can participate by waving flags, and obtaining activity sheets from the treasure boxes at the front. There will also be other surprises as well for them at these services. Uh, nursery for children's age zero to two will continue on these Sundays because we actually want to be able to get some words in and not hear screaming children. Blessings, they're wonderful blessings, but they're noisy, so we keep them downstairs. Um, we are now gonna start a three minute fellowship time. Be sure to say hello to a guest you don't know and ask them what their favorite Christmas tradition is. And
for those of you watching World Cup or waiting and you PVR'd it so you get to church on time like we did, um, don't talk about the score because people want to know when they get home. Welcome. Have a great Sunday. exciting Sunday, last Sunday before Christmas Sunday. There's a lot of buzz in the air. I love that. It's a festive season. It's a joyful season. So I think it's, it, it's natural that when we gather together as the people of God, waiting to celebrate the time of the birth of Christ and also the return of Christ, it makes sense. It's only natural that we celebrate and fellowship and joy and excitement and gladness with one another. Now, we are in the last week of Advent, and as Jake mentioned, you guys have braved the weather and you guys have made it to church. Kudos to you. God bless you. It's awesome. And as Christmas is just around the corner, many of us find ourselves with anticipation in our hearts. As you know, Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of waiting for the celebration of birth of Jesus Christ, as well as waiting, season of waiting for his return. And as we wait, anticipation builds, or it's supposed to. Now, this morning, I have a confession to make. Even though there's one week until Christmas, to be quite honest with you, I don't find myself anticipating it. Yes, I'm excited that I get to spend time with family, but besides that, I'm having a hard time anticipating Christmas for what it really is. It's weird. And God, with his amazing sense of humor, gets me to preach a sermon on anticipation. How ironic is that? But as with all sermons, I believe God wanted to use this occasion to preach to me first so that hopefully... Through this sermon, he may also speak to those of you who may also find that your hearts are not filled with anticipation today. My prayer is that he would fill your heart as he also fills mine with anticipation for Christmas. So what is anticipation? What does it mean to anticipate something? There's various definitions for anticipation, and the meaning is dependent on the context in which the word is used. However, the, in the context of this sermon, and also in the context of Advent, I'm using the word anticipation to refer to the act of looking forward, the act of looking forward to something. For example, I have this party popper here. I don't know if you guys know, and have popped this before. But if I were to tell all the kids in the service, I know you're busy with your activity sheets, but if you want to pay attention for a real quick minute, if I were to tell all of you kids in the service that you will receive one of these after the sermon is done, and you'll get to pop it, you would look forward to receiving this popper, would you not? I mean, it'll be so fun and exciting. I pop one of these as a test, and I almost shot myself in the face because I was like, why isn't it coming out? And don't do that. Um, but because, it is, because it'll be really fun and exciting, 
and a surprise. You would wait eagerly for the sermon to be over as you wait to receive this pauper. Perhaps you're hoping that it would already be over now so that you could come and get the pauper. And as you think about getting the pauper, you might be wondering what it would be like to pop it. Would it make a big noise? What kind of things would pop out? Would it be confetti or would it be something else? How far would it shoot out? You find yourself getting excited as you think about coming up here and getting one of these after the sermon and getting to twist the bottom part of it to see all that's inside pop out of it. Perhaps you're an adult in this room that's also excited about this popper as well and you're anticipating that. Now, that feeling, that excitement, that is anticipation. It's the act of looking forward to something with excitement. So here's my promise to all the kids, and if we have enough, for the youth in the service. After the sermon is done, I promise you, after I pray, all the kids and youth, if we have enough for you, can come up and receive a popper. We have lots here, and you can pop them up here with me. So hang in there, keep calm, and wait. I'm not going to be preaching very long. You just have to wait a couple hours, that's all. <laughs> now the passage that I'm preaching from today is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Let's read it together. I'm reading from the NIV. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your, answer, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we ask, that as we listen to your word, and as your word is being proclaimed in this place, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that you would illuminate the word of God to our minds and to our hearts so that we may understand and transform our hearts by your word so that we may live in accordance to that and in obedience to the word of God. We thank you for this time, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in the story that we have just read, the Christmas story, the Annunciation story, the angel, angel Gabriel greets Mary by saying, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So the angel speaks again to Mary, don't be afraid, you have nothing to, be, nothing to fear. Mary, you have found favor with God. Twice, the angel repeats the word favor in addressing Mary. Mary is the one who is highly favored, the one who has found favor with God. Now, why does the angel say that Mary is favored? Because of the promise that is given to her, the promise that is given to Mary the angel has come to declare God's promise to Mary, and it is because of this promise that Mary is highly favored. So what is this promise? The angel continues in verse 31. You will conceive 
and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And the son that Mary will conceive and give birth to is not just any child, but the one who will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus, the name that means Yahweh will, will save, God will save, is none other than the one whom the prophets prophesied about. He is the fulfillment of God's promise to Israel to raise up a new David to act as Israel's shepherd. He's the fulfillment of God's promise to King David that his throne and kingdom will be established forever. Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah when he said, For, uh, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The fulfillment of God's promise that all of Israel have been waiting for is now about to be fulfilled through the birth of this child that Mary will conceive and give birth to. This is why Mary is called the one who is highly favored. Because she gets to participate in the fulfillment of this long-awaited promise. And this favor upon Mary is entirely based on God's own choosing. In other words, it's purely by God's grace that she gets to participate in the fulfillment of this promise, therefore favor. And because she's given this promise, she can anticipate the fulfillment of this promise, namely the birth of this baby that she'll get to bear. Can you imagine how much anticipation she must have had as she observed her stomach getting bigger and bigger, as she experienced all the changes in her body due to her pregnancy? Through all the morning sickness and mood swings, all the anxiety and sleepless nights, the back pains and fatigue, and everything that comes with pregnancy. On average, pregnancy usually lasts for about 280 days, which is about 40 weeks. So imagine how her anticipation must have built as she waited the birth of her son, who is the fulfillment of the promise given to her by God. Without a promise there can be no anticipation. Because there cannot be anticipation without anything to look forward to. In the Christmas story, we're shown God's promise, more specifically, the fulfillment of his promise to his people through Jesus. We see his promise to be with his people fulfilled. After all, Jesus is also called Emmanuel, God with us. And the one who has fulfilled his promise in the birth of Jesus Christ is the one who will also fulfill all his promises to us. The promise found in the Christmas story is mainly that, one, God has come to be with us, and second, that God will indeed save his people. Now, for some of us who might find that our hearts are not filled with anticipation as Christmas approaches, could it be that we're not mindful of the promise of God demonstrated in the story of Christmas? Could it be that we're so distracted by all the noisy marketing of making Christmas, all about buying more stuff, that the true gift of Christmas, which is the very presence of God with us in the person of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings, gets drowned out. The promise is indeed there for our anticipation to build. But if it does not, then we need to examine where our focus is. In this last week of Advent, as we reflect and center ourselves on the promise of Christ, Christmas and the future promise that Jesus will surely return, we may find that the Holy Spirit begins to fill our hearts with anticipation. I pray that this to be true in my heart as well as in yours. In Luke chapter 1, Mary wonders how the declaration of the promise given to her would be fulfilled, since she's still a virgin. While she was engaged to be married to Joseph, the marriage has not yet been 
consummated. So naturally, she wonders how she would conceive a child. To this, the angel replies, The Holy Spirit would come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. To this assurance, Mary responds in submission. Behold, I am the Lord's servant. May may it be to me according to your word. Her submission is an act of faith. She submits herself to the promise of God as a servant and desires for it to be fulfilled because she believes this promise comes from God. And because she has responded in faith, submitting herself to the will of God, she can then anticipate the fulfillment of that promise in her life. She willingly submits herself to participate in the fulfillment of God's promise because she believes that God will fulfill it according to his word. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary's faith is also affirmed by Elizabeth when she is greeted by her in Luke chapter 1, verse, verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Without faith, there can be no anticipation. Because if we do not believe in the promise, we would not anticipate the fulfillment of that promise. Now, if the kids did not believe me when I said that they would get to receive the pomper at the end of the sermon, they would not need to anticipate it. Without actually believing in the promise, there is no anticipation. Anticipation needs faith, and it is faith that leads to anticipation. Like a child who anticipates opening her present on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve because she believes that her parents have prepared a gift that she has desired, Or like a sibling who anticipates a brother or a sister coming home for Christmas because he believes the promise made to him that their brother or sister will be home for Christmas. Anticipation builds when one believes in the promise. Mary, too, must have been anticipating the day of Jesus' birth because she believed what the angel Gabriel has told her would be fulfilled. So she waits in anticipation. And as she waits in anticipation, her faith grows even stronger as the day approached for her to give birth. Likewise, those who waited for the birth of, Messiah, birth of the Messiah waited for a very long time. They waited because they believed in the promise. They believed that God would one day fulfill his promise to raise up a king from the line of David to restore his kingdom and to save his people. They anticipated the Messiah because they believed in the promise. Like the watchman that waits in expectation for the morning because he believes and is certain, certain that the morning is indeed coming. Anticipation will grow in our hearts as we firmly believe in the promise of God to be fulfilled in us and in the world around us. So if we find that our hearts are not filled with anticipation as Christmas approaches, Could it be that for some of us, rather than our hearts being filled with faith for God's promises, that instead we find our hearts filled with perhaps unbelief? Now, last Wednesday, at our young adults gathering, we had a Christmas party. Early in the week, I messaged a bunch of them, invited them, shared with them and and what it's going to be about, and and how to prepare for it. And soon after, I began to hear back from some of them and saying, yeah, they're, they're going to be there. Believing that they would come, my anticipation grew for this Christmas party. Of course, it was already growing because I was looking forward to this party. And in my anticipation, I began to make preparation for those that would come to the Christmas party. Based on the number of people that have responded, I prepared food accordingly and made sure to set up enough chairs and tables because I was anticipating a certain number of people, so I prepared accordingly for that number. Now, as you can see, 
When we anticipate something in the future, something that is coming, it shapes how we live in the present. In anticipation, we get excited in the present and we get joyful in the present for what's to come in the future. Yes, because what's to come in the future shapes our present. Not only that, it leads us into action. And the kind of action that anticipation leads us into is preparation. Anticipation leads us to prepare for what's to come. Because when we look forward to something, we naturally make the necessary preparation for what's to come. We clean the house in anticipation of guests coming over. We pack our bags accordingly in anticipation of the weather we'll encounter on our vacation, etc. In the same way, anticipating Christmas leads us to prepare for Christmas. And as we prepare, our anticipation also grows even more. This was certainly the case when I was preparing for the Christmas party for our young adults gathering. Even though I was already anticipating the party, as I was making, enough, making preparations, different preparations, I found that my heart was filling up with more anticipation and excitement for the party. As we remember how Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to be with his people and to save them. And as we also remember that Jesus will one day come again, we are also led to prepare ourselves for that day in anticipation for his coming. As I've mentioned, and as we all know, Advent is a season of waiting. It is a season leading up to Christmas that awaits the celebration of the birth of Christ birth of Jesus Christ, that great event in history when God has come to be with us in human flesh. It is also a season of waiting for the return of Jesus to fully establish his kingdom in the world. Yes, with his birth and his his kingdom was ushered in, and we have seen glimpses of it in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But it is not yet fully here. We live in the already not yet period where we await the return of Jesus who will come to judge and rule over all creation for all eternity. For his kingdom will never end. Like the five wise women in Jesus' parable who prepared oil for their lamps when they went out to meet the bridegroom. Those who anticipate Christ's coming and Christ's return will prepare themselves with watchfulness, especially in the season of Advent when we are reminded once again of his promise to return. We're called to prepare in anticipation. So could it be that for some of us, certainly myself included, that our hearts are not filled with anticipation because we're not preparing ourselves accordingly in faith and watchfulness for Christmas? In this last week of Advent, let us not be given over to complacency and apathy. Let us not be given over to ignorance of God's wonderful promises evident in the story of Christmas. Instead, as we are reminded of God's promise promise of love to be with us and to save us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to renew our hearts and to fill our hearts with faith and anticipation. And in anticipation for celebrating the grace and love of God in the birth of Jesus, may the wonder of Christmas and faith in the promise of God's love be restored in our hearts as we prepare ourselves for the returning King. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, on earth. We thank you that the Christmas story is a reminder of how good you are and how faithful you are in keeping your promises. We thank you, Lord, that in the Christmas story that we're reminded of your fulfillment of promise, your promise to be with your people and your promise to to save your people. So as we await the celebration of that fulfillment of that promise, and as we also await the coming of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray that you would prepare our hearts by the power of your spirit 
Renew our hearts. Fill our hearts, Lord. And as we anticipate the Christmas day, we pray that you would continue to fill our hearts with excitement and joy as we prepare to celebrate together in community. We pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in fulfillment of that promise I've made to all the kids, you may come down now and receive a popper, and we can all pop it together as we celebrate the last week of Advent leading up to Christmas. So come on down. You have to stay up on the stage to pop them together, all right? Yeah. I'll tell you how you're going to pop them, all right? So you just can wait for a second. We're going to all pop them together, all right? Yes. one? Awesome. Okay. I think it'd be ideal that you don't stand behind someone so you don't shoot them in the head. So let's just spread out here. Okay. Don't have in front, don't have anyone in front of you. Make sure that the, make sure everything's clear in front of you, right? So how you pop this is that you see this black thing right here at the bottom. Okay. You, you turn that left. And you keep turning it until it pops, okay? You just keep turning. It's a little hard. You have to give her, all right? So really just turn it hard and keep turning it until it pops. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah. Aim it up, okay? Don't aim it forward. Ready? So, all right, go ahead. Go. All right. Woo. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for coming up and popping the poppers, guys. Hope you like that. You guys can return to your seats now. Okay, you can take that with you. And then throw it out in the garbage afterwards. Okay, you guys can return to your seats.
Turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.